This episode of Radio Techers is brought to you in part by Trip Surfer Vacations. Travel is opening up again, and we know you're ready to go. Trip Surfer Vacations has great all-inclusive packages for your next beach vacation and all the info you need to know about your next trip. So whether you're headed to the Cancun, Cozumel, Cabo, or the Caribbean, Trip Surfer Vacations has you guys covered. We even have partnerships for European adventures as well. So we know you're ready to go. Visit TripSurferVacations.com and let them know that Radio Techers sent you. Y'all have fun out there. Hello, everyone. It's once again the Texas Gentleman Tanner Pruitt, and we are excited to invite you to yet another episode of Radio Techers. On this week's episode, myself and my good friend and co-host Mags will take you on a tour of Europe. We'll be going uh, through the news of the day, including the Lionel Messi transfer U-turn, as he will be staying in Barcelona. Uh, We will also review Kai Havertz and his transfer to Chelsea, amongst other transfer dealings. Uh, We will be uh, going primarily between leagues in Germany, France, Spain, and Italy, uh, as we discuss transfer news throughout the rest of Europe. And uh, yeah, it's been a very fun episode. I I hope you guys really enjoy it. Uh, With that being said, I wanted to give special thanks, obviously, to you, the listener, for tuning in yet again, uh, but also to Visionaries Podcast Network, as well as Shooting the Sports-ish, which this will be making its debut uh, on that particular podcast network group. So special thanks to um, our new friends uh, for uh, giving us such a warm welcome. Uh, We are thrilled with the opportunity that we've been presented with, and uh, we hope to live up to uh, all of our expectations here. That being said, please make sure to follow us on Twitter at Radio Techers, R-A-D-I-O-T-E-K-K-E-R-S. Thanks again, and enjoy the show. are back here with yet another episode of Radio Techers. Uh, I am, uh, of course, the Texas Gentleman Tanner Pruitt, and joined with me here, my official co-host, Mags, from Badlands Podcast. How are you doing, Mags? I know. Official course. It's, it sounds... It sounds too good to be true. The the week that we've had with Radio Techers, going from a test episode to then recording a second one, and to now being on an amazing network of visionaries and then to be on a, a super secret network uh 
as well. Three episodes in, and wow, we've come so far. Uh, come so far <laughs> in such a short span of time. Yes, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Little little doctor, doctor evil, a uh, uh, pinky motion here. Hmm. Yes. <laughs> one billion dollars. <laughs> one billion dollars, which is not too far off the mark of what Barcelona was asking for Lionel Messi. Uh, <laughs> oh, segue. See, this is why we're on networks. We it, are professionals at this shit. Absolutely. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, <laughs> Barcelona. Uh, they uh, they've been talking with Messi. Messi's been talking with Barcelona. Messi's also been talking with several other clubs. It seems. Uh, mm-hmm. But we heard from the the, the goat himself. Uh, you know, uh, earlier today. Uh, well, yesterday, uh, regarding um, his future, and he is deciding to stay at Barcelona, as you called it, Mags. Mm-hmm. I did. You, you did call it. <laughs> um, yeah, he, he will be staying. Um, he did. Uh, he did have quite a lot to say uh, about about um, his experience with Barcelona. He, he even dropped a CM Punk esque pipe bomb uh, regarding President Bartomeu. Um, he, yeah, just very, just a very interesting time overall. He's he's kind of um, I don't know. There, there's like. There's articles saying that he's staying against his own will, and and, and these kind of things. Um, Mags, what do you make of such a quick turnaround here regarding Messi? Well, first I'm going to take a second to bask in my own glory. Um, <laughs> I knew it was going to happen. I, 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 the, the minute someone of, uh, of the player's stature like Messi, who we spoke about, had has way too much power in terms of... Uh, uh, of his control in the club, um, as soon as he was throwing his toys out the out of the pram and saying that he wanted to leave, there was always going to be kind of like um, uh, a digging of heels in. There's a there was obviously the the clause in the contract that that said that Messi could leave at the end of any season, but it had it had a, a time frame attached to it, and that time frame was at the end of May. Now, obviously, with with COVID, that that time has has been and gone. So the the bio clause was seven hundred million euros, which Barcelona are well within their rights to to want to 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 ask for Messi because at the end of the day he's the biggest name in football. The fact is, mm. giving someone like Messi away for free is just it's not going to be in the club's remit at all. So I, I totally understood Barcelona digging their heels in. I kind of understood Messi wanting to leave. Um, He's done everything there is to do at Barcelona. He's clearly having problems with uh, with the the hierarchy there, uh, and yeah, it, it, it it's not a nice situation to be in. But a lot of the situation is through his own doing. It's mm. through him having these power players and through him bringing in uh, or or forcing the hand of the club to bring in players that he wants to play with, rather than players that uh, would would gel well with the team. Mm. Um, and I think the the kind of final straw was uh, was him being told by uh, Kuman that it's not going to be the Messi show anymore. You've got to start performing. And when you mm. lose eight two to a team you have to shoulder some of that responsibility there, especially mm-hmm. when you are the designated locker room leader, uh, as Messi was. Uh, one thing I did find interesting is um, nobody came out to defend him. Nobody, None of the Barcelona squad, aside from the ones who were already kind of on the way out with him uh, in Suarez and Vidal, 
Nobody mm-hmm. came out to defend him. So it, it's, I think this was a power play gone wrong almost. Like I think Messi kind of felt that the Barcelona fans and the Barcelona players would be behind him, and he was not. He was out on a limb. Uh, mm. And then when Barcelona dug their heels in and followed up with the Spanish FA who dug their heels in, he was kind of in a no-win situation and he knew he had to honour his contract. Uh, and now that's not me saying that Bartomeu is uh, fully innocent in this. It's clear he mm. lied to Messi in terms of what he was uh, what he was offering. It's clear that there's, uh, there's now rumours of corruption and stuff like that, which is unfortunately is rife in Spanish football. Um but yeah, and I expected him to stay. Uh, the only team who could could have realistically put up uh, any kind of um, uh, financial package would have been Man City. Um, but when you're looking at the reported um, the reported payments to Messi being 600 million over the the five year deal, then a 600 plus million transfer fee, it's hard to justify over a billion pounds for for one player. So, yeah, it was always going to end the same. Messi was always going to stay, I think. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and I, I'll make a few, a few notes of, of, of things that you've said here, uh, particularly about uh, about Bartomeu. Um, but, uh, I mean, I, I do think you, you did see uh, an outpouring from fans specifically. I mean, you, you got to see, like, the video captured of, of fans uh, going to uh, the stadium and fans like you know kind of bringing their the gap. <laughs> yeah yeah exactly like you know the fans trying to uh, to plead for Messi to stay um, at, at, in Barcelona um, uh, as you did put it though Bartomeu is nowhere near an innocent party here it seems it's, it even seems as though he's may have gotten himself into some some legal hot waters as of recent uh, with uh, allegations coming forth that he may or may not have. Uh, personally profited uh from the team which is uh not something he is supposed to do um but uh, uh beyond that um he is a widely unpopular president uh and i think that that may be something that messi is somewhat taking advantage of uh, as far as a uh, uh, name dropping him in, in in several several times over the course of an interview that he had given regarding his uh, uh his staying at barcelona yeah uh, and I, I think this is a stay of execution anyway. I, I think if the transfer doesn't go through this season, it certainly will go through next season. You can guarantee that Messi is going to put his his uh, his uh, Burrafax in well in time to to be able to get out of his uh, contract next season. Uh, but yeah, it's just a sad state of affairs for someone who has been been with the club for for almost twenty years. Uh, to be leaving, kind of under under like such a dark cloud. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, and and let's kind of uh, uh, there's some snippets here uh, per Goal dot com and and their interview uh, that they had uh, regarding Lionel Messi. Um, you know, he uh, he goes on to say a couple things here about uh, when I communicated my wish to leave to my wife and my children, it was brutal drama. The whole family began crying. My children did not want to leave Barcelona, nor did they want to change schools. But I looked further afield. I wanted to complete, uh, wanted to compete rather at the highest level, win titles, compete in the Champions League. You can win or lose in it uh, because it is very difficult. But you have to compete. At least compete for it and not let us fall apart like we did in Rome, in Liverpool, and in Lisbon. <laughs> the delicious, delicious <laughs> irony that the fact is. 
the team that he had a hand in producing for that club was not able to to success uh, have success in Europe. Shock horror. <laughs> when you when you want to play with your mates uh, and you're not thinking for the good of the team. Oh shock! You didn't win the European trophy. Oh dear. Uh, he, he he did go on to say, I thought and was sure that I was free to leave. The president always said that at the end of the season, I could decide if I stayed or not. Now they cling to the fact that I, that I did not say it before June 10th, when it turns out that on June 10th, we were competing for La Liga in the middle of this awful coronavirus and this disease altered all the season. Uh, and this is the reason why I'm going to continue at the club. Now I'm going to continue in the club because the president told me that the only way to leave was to pay the 700 million, do- uh, million euro clause and that this is impossible. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. It, a billion dollars is, is a lot of money. Um, yep. I think he was also told as well that at the, at the end of this season, he, he activates a, a loyalty clause for 63 million euros as well. So I think that may have swayed him a little bit. Mm. Indeed, indeed. Um, you know, 63 million reasons to stay. Uh, <laughs> uh, he also adds, there was another way to go. Uh, there was another way, and that was to go to trial. I would never go to court against Barca because of the club I, the club I love, which give, gave me everything since I arrived. It is the club of my life. I have made my life here. Um, Barca gave me everything and I gave it everything. I know that it never crossed my mind to take Barcelona to court. Um, yeah, uh, that's not, uh, <laughs> that's not surprising. Um, I, I, I think that despite the criticism that we give Lionel Messi, I think that if there is one thing that we can rest assured is that he is, he, he does seem very much in love with Barcelona as a club, as an idea, um, but I think that it's it's the politics uh, that that has gotten him down, and and a lot of what you said is perhaps also his own doing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'll kind of cap off what we what we've been discussing with Messi here uh, by asking you just a very a simple but yet complicated question here, Mags, um, with. President Bartomeu being um, the, I guess the the sands and the hourglass are running short for him as far as being president is concerned. Uh, is there is there a remote chance that Messi continues to stay at Barcelona past next season uh, if there is a turnaround in club and um, philosophy as far as the boardroom goes? Um, now, there's, there's, I, in football, you can never say never. I would mm-hmm. I wouldn't hundred percent bet my house that, that Messi stays at Barcelona next season. I think if the the kind of uh, mindset of, of Koeman coming in that, that Messi has to shoulder more responsibility and play for the team rather than just be the Messi show, if uh, Bartomeu ends up somehow clinging on to that presidency uh, for, for the time being, yeah, I, I can see Messi getting more and more frustrated and basically counting down the days to uh, to be able to leave. Now, if there's a, a kind of a, a full club um, overhaul where it, it is basically becomes back to how it were with the message show and he gets gets the, the the power that he had before, yeah, I could see him absolutely staying. Um, one thing I'd like to rebuttal you with, though, is um, do you think it would have been better 
if for Barcelona, if Messi left, if they were able to find a buyer and pay that 700 million euros. I mean, Messi is far and away the best player in the world. I understand that. But with a club in the kind of state that Barcelona are in, 700 million euros would go a long way to repairing a lot of the trouble that that club is in. Um, would would it have been better to kind of cut the head off the snake and then <laughs> repair the 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 club or would you rather keep hold of Messi? That is a very, very good and also very difficult question. I'm glad that you <laughs> asked that, Max. Um, so uh, this is obviously far above my pay grade, but let's assume I was the president of Barcelona and this was the task at hand. I always um, thought there was something suspicious about you, Tana. <laughs> if that is your real name. <laughs> Tanner Bartomeu. Uh, <laughs> Dr. Evil Pinky here. Um, no, but... Um, so if I was president of Barcelona and I had to sell... Or not had to sell, but I was given the option to sell Messi. Uh, clear close to a billion euros... Um, and and I could do with that whatever I would like uh, as far as the club is concerned. Yeah, I mean that would that would suffice in bringing in a whole lot of talent or other renovations that I could possibly make to the club. I mean, uh, we'll get to Chelsea here in just a minute, but look at what Chelsea has done with 200 million euros. Um, they have they have signed uh, you know some amazingly talented players. Um, very gifted talents and talents that are, are very young and will probably stay at the club for uh, for quite a while. Um, fingers crossed for Chelsea fans out there. Um, I mean, do you have to have Lionel Messi? I, I think the answer is no. I don't think you have to have Lionel Messi, and I think that uh, recent Champions League results and recent La Liga results prove that. Right, yep. um, they, they they dropped off at the eleventh hour in La Liga, and they dropped off at the uh, you know at the eleventh hour in the Champions League. Uh, and, and not only did they get dropped off, they got smashed to pieces. Um, and and the question really is, where was Lionel Messi in, in most of that game against Bayern Munich? Uh, it's it's. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if given the option, if I it, for the for the good of Barcelona, yes, you would you would sell Lionel Messi if it was in my hands. Um, that being said, I, I I would fancy seeing Barcelona, uh, you know, uh, really kind of make a go of it and see what they can do with Messi this year. Um, not that, not that you have to try super hard, um, but um, I mean, with the with the talent that they're rumored to bring in, I think it, it's quite interesting. Um, and uh, who knows? I mean, whether we see uh, Messi in a uh, in, in a Barcelona shirt after next season, or if we see him in an Aston Villa shirt next season, I think that we would be. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we would be uh, it would be a, a, a very keen thing to observe for sure what happens in the transfer market uh, next year for mm-hmm. Lionel Messi as well. Yeah, I think it's safe to say that if he does leave next season, Barcelona are definitely not getting a seven hundred million uh, euro payout. He's definitely going to go for free. But uh, mm-hmm. we'll see. We'll see what happens over the next season. Oh yeah, uh, he he learned his lesson at the very least. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. 
let's move right along here, because uh, this is not the messy show, uh, but we do like to talk about big news, of course. Um, let's talk about somebody who's got just as much promise, I think, as somebody uh, along the lines of Lionel Messi, and that's actually uh, recent Chelsea signing Kai Havertz. Uh, this is a... Uh, this is a big signing, Mags. This is a, a huge signing, and I know that you said that your son is a very big Chelsea fan. Uh, on a scale mm-hmm. of one to ten, how excited is he about this transfer? Oh, about uh, this whole season. It's not. Ju- I think it's not just the the habit signing. It, it's uh, it's repairing a, a club that was kind of like dropped off after after being so dominant for a, a few years. And yeah, now they they back him with a shout, making huge statements. I mean, they bought a flat track bullying team or Vernon <laughs> who uh, proved that instantly wrong within what a couple of minutes of uh, of his debut. You're not uh, gonna they, you're not gonna let go of that on me, are you? <laughs> absolutely not. They've uh, picked up one of uh, the most consistent defenders in in the, in world football, um, and who is is kind of on the 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 end of his career, but he still would be absolutely able to do a job in the Premier League. And then adding the likes of uh, of, of Havertz to that team, it, it's scary. I've said to, to you in private, uh, mm. Chelsea are the team to watch this season, and I think I think they're going to be a very, very close, um, close to, to winning this league, if not, if not favourites for me now. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, so... Kai Havertz, he he is a a wonderfully gifted player, uh, just a, a, an incredibly talented player. Um, I, I, Twenty one years old as well. Right. I mean, this is a this is a kid who is going to, uh, by all trajectories here, he should be a, a, a Ballon d'Or winner or multi time Ballon d'Or winner. Um, he's he's just got like the absolute skill set to do whatever it is that you want him to do. Now, what is interesting here is you've brought in a big influx of players that are extremely talented, like Kai Havertz, um, like Zayek, who we talked about uh, last week's episode, like Timo Werner. Um, so the I think the conundrum here is, if you're Frank Lampard, uh, where do you put Kai Havertz now? I mean, obviously, it looked like you were playing a four-three-three formation last year. Um, mm-hmm. This almost looks like a setup to where you would maybe shift to more be more of a four-two-three-one with Kai Havertz playing in the number ten slot, Zayek on the on the right, and uh, Pulisic on the left. Perhaps. Uh, what do you think, Max? Where where would you fit in Kai Havertz into all of this? <laughs> it's it's a good conundrum to have. It really is. It. I <laughs> yeah. I think any any uh, manager in Europe would would love to have uh, would love to have Lampard's problems right now. I think the 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 front line that they've got now is is so fluid that you could literally name any four to be the attacking lineup, and they are going to do a job. Obviously, you've got your out and out striker in Werner, uh, but yeah, Havertz is is happy in the in the the kind of. Uh, Ten, uh, number 10 role, happy in the false nine role. He's happy, literally, on the wings. This guy can play mm. absolutely anywhere across that uh, across that uh, front line. 
Um, and I, I see these being a very fluid lineup where the, the between Pulisic, between uh, Havertz, uh, uh, Ziyech and, and Werner, they just flow between each other and, and kind of like fill the gaps when when one player makes a move and another player picks up their, the, the, the slack. It's going to be a very, very dynamic attacking line uh, with, with Chelsea. It's going to be very, very scary because they're going to be so hard to mark and then each one of them has got blistering pace, like scarily blistering pace. Mm. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun time watching Chelsea. Yeah, well, yeah, absolutely. Um, I, it's what what gets me about um, you know Kai Havertz is that he he's really gonna be in my mind the guy who's pulling all the strings starting week in week out for Chelsea. Um, he he brings this very interesting skill set he's he, he's kind of a conundrum in source he he's very tall very languid he's a, he's very strong so he's he's, a, he's actually a, a pretty big guy for for someone who, who would normally play uh, kind of in that 10 or false nine position um but with that being said i mean his dribbling skill is just immaculate he he's he's got actually very very good pace he's got a very good eye for 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 passing and 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 for crossing it's um yeah i mean plus you combine him with timo werner and um believe me i i've i've had plenty of fantasy runs buying both players for liverpool <laughs> <laughs> before in FIFA, <laughs> and now I'm severely disappointed. Um, so, and, and I, th- I think as well, you can't you can't kind of uh, overlook his finishing as well. Oh uh, yes, with with uh, Leverkusen, he made what about 120 appearances uh, and scored close to 40 goals, which for a, a, a midfielder is is it's really good statistics. A goal every like three games or so. Mm-hmm. You can't complain at that at all. No, he's he's very 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 good, um, you know. So uh, you know, best of luck to Kai Havertz. Uh, you know, I uh, I look forward to to watching more of you here in the Premier League this season. Um, it's going to be just not at Anfield. Just yeah, <laughs> right, exactly. Just please, just go and smash on City and United, and then just just go to Anfield and you know just um you know just Pull enjoy the, the just yeah just enjoy the environment. Right, like just uh, you know, we're we're a very hospitable bunch at Anfield. Um. <laughs> I think that, I think one of the the saving graces for for Liverpool and 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 City is that because this front lineup is so new, uh, they may take time to bed in. They may take time yep. to kind of get that uh, that um, almost sixth sense about football. So. Uh, it may they may take a season or two to 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 get that kind of um, uh, chemistry between each other, but yeah, if they hit the ground running as they've shown that they may do, oh, it's going to be a scary time for uh, a Liverpool uh, supporter. Mm. Well, we we've, we've uh, Liverpool plays. Uh, uh... Chelsea week two, so we will see how gelled in Kai Havertz is, uh, mm-hmm. along with his new teammates. Um, you know, we'll, we'll we'll have a very up close and personal view of what Kai Havertz can do. Um, let's move along from uh, from the Premier League uh, because uh, this episode is really more about uh, the rest of Europe. We we spent all last week talking about the Premier League and transfers in, transfers out. Let's talk about. 
uh, just the, the, the other leagues in Europe and, and, and some of the big transfers going in and around there. Um, and uh, what better place to start here uh, than uh, reigning uh, Champions League winners Bayern Munich. Uh, Bayern Munich has um, obviously brought in Leroy Sané, as well as Alexander uh, uh, Nubel uh, from uh, from rivals Schalke. Um, yeah, it, it seems as though they um, they really bought their one big player and are, seem pretty content with the results there uh, so far, Mags. Yeah, um, it, for for me, Bayern didn't really need to 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 make many big signings. Obviously, there's the, still the rumour that uh, uh, Thiago's uh, going to leave, so um, maybe they pick somebody up uh, in in replacement of him. But other than that, uh, a lot of the, the rumours that I've seen and uh, are more kind of future-proofing. Uh, there, there was uh, a rumour they they're interested in Aaron Hickey from Hearts, uh, who's a, an 18-year-old fullback? Uh, Nianzu is, is only an 18-year-old defender. So yeah, it seems that uh, Bayern are, are just kind of cementing their place and and kind of like I said, future-proofing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and and I guess what would be interesting is is if Liverpool or um, Manchester United uh, complete. <laughs> the transfer of Tiago, which I think he's uh, Tiago from all reports that I've read and, and from what, what's been indicated from multiple outlets, it, it seems as though he's pretty much got his heart set on it's, it's either Byron Liverpool or nothing. And mm-hmm. I don't, I don't blame him. Um, but, but with, with that being said, um, if you're Byron, like what can you do? Who, what, like can, like, who do you look for to even, uh, fill in that extra spot after Thiago leaves because he's he's brought so much to that club for so many years. Yeah, uh, I think Bayern's kind of way of of, uh, of looking at it is is betting using. Uh, so I fully expect uh, uh, a young, hungry player to to be put in there from from the reserves. Or, like I said, they may just be waiting on to see if uh, if um, Alcantara is definitely leaving because they still. Uh, there's still rumours that Liverpool are trying to hold on to to get him for free at the end of the season. Uh, so that's mm. still a possibility. Maybe maybe uh, Bayern are looking to that as a as an option. But uh, I think I don't think you'll see Bayern kind of buying anyone big really because they've they've got the quality there already. They don't really need to to fill a gap. In they just have a player already slotted in. Mm. Okay. Okay. I mean that makes sense to me. Um, I mean it. I will say that, um, and, and I'm going to slightly tangent here. Uh, there, there was actually a really, really good video that uh, HITC Sevens actually put out um, okay. very, very recently about why Liverpool uh, is, is not spending any money, and a big part of that is because of just the sheer amount of wages that they have for players and staff. And because they've invested a lot of money back into the stadium, a lot of which is really so. John Henry, the owner of Liverpool, he's not a guy who goes and just splashes the cash like uh, no. like a sheik or a Russian oligarch. Um, he 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 really just simply um, he he's there to kind of correct the ship from what happened with Hicks and Gillette. And yeah, I think that that's um, that's very reasonable. That's very understandable. Um, 
I, I think that he's trying to, to make it more sustainable in a way, and that's kind of the reason behind, you know, maybe a lot of the things that you see about, uh, you know, Liverpool need to sell in order to buy, and yeah, they're looking at selling quite a few different players. Uh, if, if Vinaldum was to go to Barcelona, and we'll talk about that here in a little bit, um, but uh, if, if he was to go to Barcelona, I think that that is a massive indication of Liverpool bringing in Thiago sooner than maybe what they want to with trying to bring him in for free. Yeah. Um, so, um, but yeah, I mean, it, 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 it's, it's go going ahead. to I'm be sorry. a case for, it's going to be a case. Uh, I mean, we spoke a, a, about this uh, last week, but the, the amount of pl- uh, clubs that have got funds available is, is so, so small. Uh, it, it, it kind of reminds me of a mortgage. If you go and mm. you're buying a house, uh, you can get into a chain where where you have to wait for someone to buy their house uh, and then have the or and then they'll go on to buy another house and you kind of in like this this chain uh, with it seems like we're waiting for a big club to spend some money so the club that they buy off can then buy another player and so on and so forth and the money kind of trickles down the line. Uh, mm-hmm. To be fair to Liverpool, it's it's a sensible way to go. The last thing you want to do after such a phenomenal last couple of seasons is is to get yourself heavily in debt to mm. to kind of keep up with the big spending. But you do risk maybe kind of being left behind mm. um, in terms of, of of trophies. But that's that's always going to be the balancing act in football. Uh, do you do you spend in the hopes of winning and then getting the, the 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 revenue from that, or do you hold off and hope you can can kind of re, um, still keep up the the same uh, the same level that you played at and, and perhaps retain those those funds and and make big spendings next season. Right. And well, and and like you said, I mean, harking back to last episode, and again, this is, we're supposed to be talking about Bayern, but we're going to talk about Liverpool. Uh, but <laughs> they, they just seem to be so inextricably linked this season. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, this is this is very true. Um, they, um, I, I guess the 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 thing is, is that um, how do I say this without sounding completely biased? Um, Liverpool have a very, very talented, very solid youth academy. Like, even if they're not purchasing big players, the players that they've actually brought in this season for their youth setup is uh, is, is is off the charts. They've got some very talented youngsters in their youth academy. And some of them are already going to start to be uh, bled in this season uh, for, uh, uh, for, for potential contention in the, uh, the first team. I, I think that with... Um, I, I hate to quote Sir Alex Ferguson, so I, I'll, I'll quote him based on HITC7's video. Um, Sir Alex Ferguson had once said that uh, you really don't need to bring in a massive overhaul each and every year. Um, you know, if you're if you're winning titles, mm-hmm. normally what it takes is to bring in one very keen world class player, one or two. And I think that if Liverpool were to pull off the Thiago transfer from Bayern. That's exactly what they would be getting. Uh, they, I mean, it'd be. I love Genie Vinaldum, but Thiago from Bayern would be a massive upgrade for Liverpool. Absolutely, absolutely, it would. And then Liverpool's kind of uh, uh, focus would be keeping hold of of the front three. Uh, 
that would be the the concern next, I think. Mm-hmm. Well, they've all all three of them have signed uh, p- pretty good long term contracts. It's just a matter of keeping them. <laughs> I yeah, think at this point, exactly. And uh, and again, that harkens back to player power, where the contracts kind of don't mean nothing. Yeah, I mean you're you're exactly right. Um, so um, let's 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 hone back in on Bayern. Because the left side of that channel, which we talked about on, on episode one, is about to explode uh, between Leroy Sané and Alfonso uh, Alfonso Davies. Um, it's it that is a scary, scary left side of the field. Um, Absolutely, it is. Um, I think that if you're if you're one team, maybe like a Dortmund, for example, uh, who are looking to maybe exploit Bayern a little bit, it's just the fact that they're going to be so offensive down that left hand side, um, and they're going to leave a lot of space open between Sane and, and Davies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and especially if uh, if Davies does what he likes to and 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 overlaps, uh, Sane is not the the most defensive. Uh, uh, defensively minded player, so if if Davis does go wandering upfield, there there is going to be space there to to kind of exploit. It's just that with the pace that that Davis and Sane have got, could you exploit that quick enough before they got back? Mm. Yeah, no, exactly, or or before they score on you, for that matter. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. You've got to get the ball. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I I don't really think that we have to discuss a lot of Leroy Sané. I mean, he's a very high profile player. He played for mm-hmm. City for uh, for for several years, and um, he's he's won things with Manchester City. Um, but um, yeah, Sane, he's going to be quite uh, quite the coup uh, for for Bayern. Alexander uh, uh, Neubel, Neubel, I'm, I'm probably not pronouncing the umlauts right there. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, they brought in this new goalkeeper here from Schalke for free. He's a very oh, yeah. very young, uh, very promising goalkeeper. Um, it, it's very kind of interesting though that they brought him in at this time. You know, because you you do have uh, obviously, a, a very solid goalkeeping lineup in Bayern Munich right now. You do. Uh, Neuer is, is always been there and thereabouts, the best keepers in the world. Uh, and they do, whilst he's kind of um, he's fallen out in terms of uh, recognition with the likes of uh, Oblak and uh, Allison and uh, Edison, he, he still keeps up a very, very high. Um, a very very high standard, and mm. the only person who, who the only way that um, Neuer is not in that team is if he picks up an injury. Mm-hmm. Well, and then even then he's got to he's got to you know compete with Sven Ulrich too. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and Ulrich's definitely proven himself more than capable uh, on on several occasions. So I mean I can't really say you know uh, that Nubel uh, is going to have a um, an easy time breaking into that that squad, but I think that if he's going to be a future, you know, uh, not only Bayern number one, but uh, perhaps Germany number one, I mean, who better to learn from at this point than uh, than Manuel Neuer himself? Exactly, exactly. That's the the perfect um, learning tree to sit under, especially if, uh, with Bayern kind of operating that sweeper keeper role. Uh, there's nobody better to learn from. Well, um, any particular outlook that you have for Bayern Munich this season, Mags? Yeah, I think they're going. It's going to be a lot of uh, same old, same old with 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 Bayern. Uh, I, I would 
for for this podcast, I looked over kind of like what they've done over the last few seasons, and yeah, they this the consistency is scary, absolutely mm. scary. Uh, averaging over eighty goals per season, uh, averaging less than thirty goals led in. Yeah, the the team is frighteningly consistent, and with the signings that they've made. Um, and like I said, with the future proofing that they that they're doing in in uh, in the positions where they've got some aging players, um, yeah, it's 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 going to be a lot of uh, it's going to be a similar pattern, I think, in the Bundesliga. Bayern are going to be the the team to beat. Mm. Indeed. Well, if there is a team who maybe has something to say about that, that would be our next club here, Borussia Dortmund. Um, mm-hmm. And and I'm very very excited <laughs> for for what Dortmund has been doing. Uh, they they are probably my favorite German club. Surprise surprise. Um, <laughs> but um, with that being said, they've brought in a very talented uh, youngster from England, Jude Bellingham. Uh, they have Mag- nearly, nearly twenty four million to pay as well. Yeah. It's- Quite a bit of cash to pay for for a seventeen year old, but uh, Mags, is this transfer justified? For me, no, uh, oh. not not for the price tag. <laughs> not well, for not, the price tag. I mean, mm-hmm. he's he's got all the potential in the world, uh, but when you're talking of twenty four million uh, pounds, it's a heavy burden. Uh, the guy's only had a handful of matches with. Uh, uh, with uh, Birmingham, and I think he'd only scored four goals in his career. Now, I know there was talk of him signing for Man United, and I think if you're going to go abroad, I think Dortmund is one of the better places to go because the the way they handle youth has been absolutely exemplary. Uh, look at Jadon Sancho for a, for ex- a clear example of that. Mm-hmm. He's become an absolute world-beater um, over there. So, yeah, it, it could potentially uh, pan out, and that uh, and he could he could have easily be a well beater. I think for me this felt like almost again I'm going to say future proofing for if Sancho did leave it's almost like a ready made Sancho replacement. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, it's an interesting move for him, and I, I wish him the best. One thing I, I I thought was funny about this transfer was that Birmingham retired his number. Uh, because of of <laughs> what he brought to the club, even though he'd only been there a couple of years and scored four whole goals in his career. Yeah, <laughs> they, they got a lot of stick for that, the absolute idiots. But I don't even think, I think that's not even the more interesting signing for me that, that uh, Dortmund have done. They've been quite active in the transfer market. They've picked up mm. uh, uh, Emre Chan. Uh, mm-hmm. One of your old boys mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. from Juve, uh, twenty-two million-ish. Uh, but the more interesting ones are the as uh, Munier from uh, from PSG and yeah. uh, mm-hmm. Renier for free. On from yeah, Munier for free. That's a really good signing. And then Renier uh, from on loan from Real Madrid. That guy is is one of the most exciting young players. Um, in, in Europe today. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how much game time he gets at Dortmund and to see if he can really make a statement because that that guy is 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 absolute class. So, yeah, I think mm. uh, Dortmund have been have made some very shrewd signings uh, in terms of uh, picking up players. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm in absolute agreement with, with you here on, on pretty much all of those fronts here. I think that I'm really excited to see Jude Bellingham because... 
of, of exactly how much promise he has. I mean, if given, you know, four or five years in the Bundesliga, I mean, we could be looking at, um, <laughs> like an English Kai Havertz, for example. Um, mm-hmm. you know, he, he could be somebody who is an absolute world beater who could really, uh, stir things up for any club, uh, that, that he was to go to in the future. But, uh, Dortmund does like to do this this little thing where they they will pick up, uh, you know, youth and they they will invest pretty heavily uh, into buying um, you know these wonderkins and 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 making them like as as good as humanly possible. And um, I think that they really have a special signing here with Jude Bellingham, even though they did spend <laughs> quite a bit of money for him. Um, they did make permanent Emery Chan, um, and I'm excited for him. It didn't. It didn't seem like Juventus was nearly as good of a fit for him as what a lot of people projected it to be. And yeah. and you know, I mean, I don't think Liverpool really lost too much by letting him go for free. Um, you know, I, I would. It'd be interesting to see what they would be like with him now. Um, but um, but uh, that was that was yesteryear for sure. Um. <laughs> Thomas Munier, uh, for free from PSG, as you had uh, noted previously. Um, yeah, uh, you know, it's not too often where you get to uh, pick up a first team nearly starter from PSG for free um, mm-hmm. and fill in a, a very crucial role for, for Dortmund. Uh, right back. Um, uh, they saw Hakimi leave. Um, he was going to go back to, to Raul, who sold him, then to Inter Milan. Um, and Hakimi is a very talented player. Munier is not um, n- he, hes not nearly the same kind of player as Hakimi is, but he's a very much uh, a, a very shrewd signing for free. Um, and they certainly got the best right back that's on the market that you could possibly get for you know for no money <laughs> for, for absolutely no money. It's, it's it's mental. And I said it was a buyer's market play. Uh, clubs are looking to offload heavy wages uh, in 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 the the aftermath of this uh, this pandemic where 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 income has 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 gone down to zero. Um, mm. Yeah, so I don't expect. This to be the end of the the big free signings. I think we'll uh, we'll see a lot of movers and shakers uh, in the in the the upcoming weeks. I think the transfer window in England closes in October this year. Uh, so mm-hmm. yes, yeah, still think there's going to be a a lot of movement. Yes, and 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 then you have the 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 loan of uh, Jesus Renier, um, who is um, man. Uh, he brings a totally different dimension. Uh, to to Dortmund's attack, um, and he's he's truly a, a, like Bellingham. He's a very very gifted player, and and I got very very excited uh, about his loan deal to Dortmund. Mm-hmm. Um, he he's um, I mean he can play as a false nine. He can play as a ten. He can even probably play up just right up front himself. Um, I, I mean what would what should Dortmund fans be looking for if they're going to be rotating him with Holland. I, th- I think you 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 play Holland out and out, and you have mm. uh, you have uh, Renier playing off him. I think Renier is a a very again a very dynamic player. He, he could he would be happy to to lead that line, or he'd be happy 
being the kind of like target man. So yeah, again in, in Germany, it looks like we're going to be seeing some some dynamic play. I mean, it, it gives it gives Dortmund a lot of a lot of power in in mm. terms of keeping hold of Sancho as well because now even if they sell him, they've already bought players in who could replace him. So the power is in is in their hands and having a having a midfield lineup with uh, the likes of Renier. Uh, the potential of Bellingham and and, and Sancho feeding into <laughs> a, a striker who's who's absolutely on fire in 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 Holland. It, it's it's yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be cool watching the Bundesliga this season. I'm I'm really really excited, I, and and I think that it's a it's a smart pickup. Dortmund very rarely have made bad pickups in recent years, but but mm-hmm. Renier is a is a very shrewd pickup, especially considering that Mario Götze has now left um, the club. That, so. w- that was really interesting. Uh, I think he's rumored to go to West Ham, or West Ham are interested in. But yeah, Götze was the he was the the future of German football. Uh, obviously had that uh, the transfer to Bayern, which didn't kind of pan out. Uh, but yeah, to be released at what twenty eight years old. I know mm-hmm. he's been injury prone, but it's still that's a big release. And then I think Schürrle as well retired. Uh, I think he was only twenty nine. So they've lost they've lost a couple of big names there. But I think they're not going to miss him with the signings that they brought in. Yeah, I don't think that they're gonna they're gonna nearly miss him uh, as much as well. It it seems to be, um, it seems is is it's it's time for both club and player to to move on with things. Mm-hmm. Um, West Ham's an interesting shout though. That's uh, hmm. it's a come down though from Dortmund. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I I was. Uh, I was just going to leave it at that, but yeah, I mean, if you want to add that final, uh, you know, stab at West Ham, I mean, I'm totally cool with it. Um, <laughs> um, let's move on to um, a, a another team that was a, a, a finalist in this year's Champions League. We'll, we'll take a trip down to, uh, over to France. Um, PSG's uh, here, uh, Mags. Um, it, it does seem to be a little bit quiet over on PSG's side of things, considering uh, you know their immense wealth and power. Um, they've pretty much completed the signing of Mario Cardi and Sergio Rico, and that's that's really about it. Yeah, uh, the Cardi one is a decent pickup. Is a, a very talented player. Um, how he's going to fit in in terms of the the team because he he rubs players up the wrong waves. It was hated and loved at Inter Milan um, in equal measure. Uh, but, yeah, um, it's it's a decent signing. And it certainly replaces uh, Cavani, who, who they let go, uh, and um, um, Eric Max Tupamorting, who, who's gone as well. Yeah, it's been more outgoings, really, than, than incomings for, for Paris. They've, obviously, we, we spoke about uh, Mounier going to Dortmund and Nianzu going to to uh, buy him, but I think the big the big news is Silver Silver wanting to to um, to test himself in the Premier League and going to Chelsea. That's a a big loss. Uh, uh, there is rumours that they they're interested in Hector Bellerin, who, who's looking more and more likely that he's leaving Arsenal this season. Um, Mm-hmm. So maybe he'll come in, and it would make sense if you've let uh, Munier go to to almost kind of straight swap that uh, that role. I think uh, Bellerin is a 
a different kind of player than Mounier. He's certainly not as defensively minded. Uh, he's he definitely does like to attack. Uh, but yeah, it's it's been all quiet on the Western Front for for Paris in terms of of big marquee signings. Mm. It, yeah, and uh, it, it it is quite odd. I don't know what's stopping them from from pulling a Chelsea, uh, especially considering that they made the Champions League finals. Uh, when Liverpool went to the finals against Real Madrid and lost, they they went and you know really splashed the cash. Uh, brought in Fabinho, brought in uh, Alisson, brought in uh, Nabi Kaida, um, brought in uh, Shakiri. Um, so I mean, this is a very this is very surprising to see PSG actually letting a bunch of players go for free or for for nothing really. Uh, Munier, uh, Thiago Silva, as you previously noted with Chelsea, uh, Edison Cavani is currently without club. Um, yeah. I mean that's, that's 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 really interesting. This guy is a beast. Even even if it is uh is what is he thirty five? I think something like that. But mm-hmm. um, that guy could certainly definitely do a job at any high level club. He was uh yeah he's, he's an animal in in when it comes to to putting the ball in the back of the net. It's interesting that that nobody's picked him up yet. I wonder if people are a kind of waiting to see who's going to test their arm with him. Uh, but mm. I'd certainly be um, at least a, a top half of the Premier League club coming in and, and, and having a go on him. Maybe it's the wages that, that's keeping people away from, mm. from uh, picking him up. Uh, but yeah, he could certainly do a job at, at, at some Premier League clubs. So uh, I, I guess this is a ring endorsement for Edison Cavani to uh, to go to Burnley then. Now, knowing Burnley, he would <laughs> smash our wage budget. Uh, that and this this will give you kind of like a, a an insight to why Burnley aren't aren't a big uh, club for signing players. It's because we have such a limiting wage budget. Um, I think our highest played highest paid player right now is Chris Wood and he's on like 36k a week, which is tiny if you compare to even. Fair to middling players in in other clubs are on way more than that. Um, that's that's what's what keeps Burnley in the position that they're in. The, uh, we can never kind of progress because we can't. It's not that we can't afford the player uh, transfer fees. It's we can't mm. afford the wages. Uh, mm. Yeah. So I would ha- if he was willing to come down and uh, and do a Thiago Silva and take a massive pay cut. Uh, yeah, he's more than welcome to rock up to Turf Moor. Mm, I'll, I'll even put him up. I'll even put him up so he don't have to pay any rent. <laughs> How nice of you, Mags. <laughs> <laughs> we can make a whole podcast about that. You and Edison Gavani, flatmates. <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Um, well, um, yeah, Hector Bellerin, he does seem to fit the profile for a Thomas Tuchel signing. I, I do like that shout. Is there anywhere else that PSG needs to look into? Because, like I said, they've really just let a lot of players go. Yeah, um, I think it's the centre back that they need to cover. Uh, bringing bringing in pretty much a uh, carded that kind of covers the 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 issue you're going to have with losing Cavani. Uh, so it's 
if the rumours of Bellerin are true and, and they keep they're getting stronger and stronger every day. I think today uh, apparently his his agent was in talks with Paris, so that's going to be a, a a swap for swap for for Mounier almost. Uh, so yeah, it, it's picking up somebody as talented as uh, as Thiago Silva uh, to to fill that role. That's quite the task. That's quite the task yeah, for sure. It is. Uh, let's move over a little bit to um, an- another team uh, in France, uh, one that really performed quite admirably in the Champions League, uh, Olympic Lyon. Um, mm-hmm. it-, it seems though uh, they've they've done some pretty astute business. They're they're often known for uh, for being a little bit more conservative in the market. Um, uh, is there maybe a place uh, that that you saw in their Champions League run where maybe they need to fill some extra gaps, or or do you feel like uh, do you feel like keeping with the same trajectory that they're going on is 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 doing them favors here? Uh, yeah, I think they were they were kind of almost like like we mentioned they were uh, in in the previous episode they were almost overlooked, especially by Man City and and, and the the English press, and they really did a, a job over against um, against City. So I think it's it's more a case of just improving um, on what on the kind of performance that they had last season. The problem with a club like Leon is is when you have a good season. Other clubs come sniffing around your players. Uh, we saw it a lot with Monaco when Monaco had that really good season, uh, and I think I've I've got a feeling that that um, that Leon may lose a couple of really big names. Uh, perhaps uh, Treore may end up leaving, mm. and Husum uh, uh, who are I think he's on the way out. Arsenal are, are really really sniffing around him. Um, I think the. Finalising the signing of uh, uh, Ikambi was good. Uh, he, he poses a real threat up front. Uh, but yeah, I think Leon's issue is is maybe not so much signing uh, more players, but keeping hold of the players that they've got. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, would you expect them to uh, maybe mount a title challenge and take advantage maybe of uh, PSG's? Uh, I guess uh, like influx of uh, of out well not influx of outgoings but you know they're just, they're the continuous stream of outgoings perhaps mags. <laughs> I mean it's a possibility, but when your front line is as scary as uh, PSG's, uh, it is going to take a damn near miracle uh, to <laughs> to for Leon to to kind of put up any kind of challenge there. If you get uh, the likes of Mbappe and and Neymar firing on all cylinders, you could play with no defenders and you're still probably going to win the game. You might win it 6-5, but you're still going to win the game. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I mean, I, I think these are very valid points here. It's going to be hard for any team, you know, uh, to, to mount a, pa- a challenge against PSG. I think, I think Lyon and Marseille traditionally are always going to be up there. Uh, <laughs> You know, trying to combat with them, um, but yeah, I mean, PSG seems to have things on pretty pretty heavy lockdown. Um, yeah, I mean, the last season uh, it was their weakest in terms of of uh, goal output. I think they only got seventy five league goals, uh, but then if you track back over the seasons before that, you're looking at a hundred and five, a hundred and eight, a hundred and seven, and a hundred and two. So yeah, uh, PSG are definitely it's definitely a farmer league. It's definitely a one league, one team league. Mm. Uh, well, let's let's move from 
maybe um, a, a less competitive league to one that's somehow one that that's really actually opened up in, as far as its competitiveness uh, in ways that you really wouldn't expect it to. Uh, let, let's take a trip down to Italy here and, and talk about some Serie A. Um, Juventus is is traditionally the big powerhouse of Italy. They, they've obviously had Cristiano Ronaldo. He'll be going on to his uh, what is it? His third season. How how, how time flies by. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, um, and, and they're uh, currently now being spearheaded by a uh, uh, club legend, Andrea Pirlo, uh, which Ooh. is a, a it very is in his debut uh, managerial role. Right. That's very, very interesting, Stephen. It's it's it's, it's Lampard esque, um, but uh, Pirlo went from uh, almost being, I guess, the youth team coach to then taking the full first team coach position um which is uh i mean that's a pretty big ask and and we really don't have anything to base on what andre pierlo uh would, would be bringing to the table as a manager no exactly and it's uh i think it's more of a risk than uh the one at, at chelsea because like you said this league's opened up and it's not opened up because teams have got better it's it's kind of opened up because teams are getting older and weaker. Um, I think when Lampard uh, was named as the, the manager of Chelsea, they didn't have the kind of pressure uh, to be um, the ch- leading the pack all the time, uh, whereas Juve, they historically are the, the number one team in, in Italy. So Pirlo has got that pressure on him from day one. Well, and, and he does have some pretty good players to, to kind of... Um you know, soften the blow a little bit here. Obviously, <laughs> you know, uh, having Cristiano Ronaldo is a is a pretty big blessing to have. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, Juventus did do a somewhat of a uh, player swap uh, to a degree. Uh, they 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 traded out um, uh, Miralem Pjanic um, uh, to Barcelona, uh, and, and in return got uh, got Arthur, uh, one of Barcelona's chief playmakers. Uh, Arthur's a very interesting-looking player here, Mags. Yeah, and I think this deal was was brilliant on in uh, for 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 Juve. They've got rid of someone who is a very good playmaker, but he's getting on in years. Uh, and they picked up uh, one of the the most talented young midfielders in in Europe. It's mm. Yeah, they've done cracking business, and I think they they paid maybe ten million more than than uh, Barca paid for for Pjanic. But I'd say that's that's really really good business for someone who's got seven years on on Pjanic. Uh, yeah, it's a it's a, a great signing, and then they've added to that by uh, they got uh, Carriera from from City. Uh, for, mm. for less than 10, which is another uh, really interesting signing. Um, in terms of outgoings, obviously, Matuidi went to Inter-Miami. Um, I don't think they'll miss him that much. I don't think he made that much of an impact uh, since uh, the signing from uh, Paris. Mm. Uh, the Emre Chan one was interesting, and we we did touch on that earlier. Um he didn't seem to fit in with with that the kind of play at uh, uh, at UN. Yeah, it's a, it's going to be interesting. I think Arthur's a, a great signing. I think they've done really really well to to nab him. And we'll get onto Barcelona in a little bit. But yeah, it's just it's just another issue at Barcelona of making making yeah like really kind of 
weird decisions in terms of players. <laughs> yes, yes. That, that That is our main event this evening, is talking about Barcelona. Um, <laughs> but uh, Juventus, man, I mean, with, with this, this stark change up here, because normally with Pjanic, you, you normally found him uh, kind of at the, the, the base of the midfield. Uh, Arthur is certainly not that kind of player. You, you normally see him uh, kind of... It, in and near the box, really. Um, yeah. M- more up the pitch. Um, if you're Juventus, um, more specifically here, since you asked me if I was Barcelona president, I'll ask you if you're Andrea Pirlo here, Mags. If you're Andrea Pirlo, how do you line up Juventus uh, to to take advantage of all the immense talent that you have in this squad in your first uh, managerial role? Yeah, and I think if you look at Arthur and then you look at Pirlo, they very, very similar players, uh, how they play. Very kind of box-to-box, uh, uh, box. well, not so much box-to-box, box, halfway line-to-box kind of players and kind of uh, playmakers almost where they they lead the charge. Uh, but with with the likes of Juve, you, you, you've got to go through Ronaldo. He's the he's the goal, the, the breadwinner. He's the money man. Um, and I think adding um, Arthur to that, to that kind of attacking lineup, uh, especially with his pass accuracy, which is very, very underrated, um, feeding feeding the ball from Arthur to to uh, to Ronaldo, allowing Ronaldo to use his pace, uh, and yeah, it, it's just goals on goals. So I think it's a very astute signing, and yeah, it's, um, it'll be fun to see where where Arthur fits in that team. Uh, I would be concerned about the the defensive. Uh, loss of uh, of Pjanic, maybe. Uh, But again, historically, looking over Juve's Juve's, uh, record over the last few seasons, and defensively, they've never, they've not had an issue. I think last season was the most goals they'd let in for for five years uh, with Mm -hmm. 43, but usually it's it's well below 30. So um, maybe they're banking on the fact that they can go more attacking uh, because the 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 defense isn't put under as much strain. Perhaps so. Um, yeah, I, I I will certainly agree with you in that the 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 sixth spot uh, at the base of the midfield is probably where I would be most concerned with if if I was Andrea Pirlo and trying to figure out where what I do with that because you did kind of. I'll say to, to Blaise Matuidi's credit here, he, he uh, and Sammy Kadira worked very well in tandem as almost kind of like destroyers, whereas the whereas Pjanic could kind of spray the ball from the base of the midfield, and then occasionally you might have uh, Dybala uh, cutting more into the 10 from the wing spot. Um, it, it just really kind of depended on, on how they kind of fashioned their play together on a given day. Um, mm-hmm. But... Um, yeah, it, it doesn't really seem like you know you've you've got a guy who's out there to win the ball. Uh, Sammy Kadir is out there, you know he, he's getting a little bit on in, in age, um, but uh, yeah, I mean you really don't have anybody like like a like a Busquets or a Fabinho um, who's out there with the pure intent to get the ball and then to to get it up the field. Yeah, I mean. Uh... Maybe uh, Rabio could fill that role. Mm. He's uh, he's more defensively minded than he is attack minded, uh, and and yeah, I, I just don't think it's a big concern for for Juve. I think that 
uh, like we've we've said, this is this league is very aging in terms of uh, attacking, and I think Juve know that um, that the strength is is in going forward and scoring goals rather than having to sit back and defend. Uh, so I don't think they they're as worried about replacing uh, Pjanic in terms of his defensive output, but they more wanted someone to to link with the the forward line uh, in terms of Arthur. Mm, indeed. Indeed. Uh, I, I think that this covers Juventus very, very well. So well, um, I know that there's a couple of rumours for extra plays for Juventus. Uh, oh, please, go, to go ahead. I mean, um, if you know something I don't know, please, <laughs> by all means. Well, just just because they're rumours doesn't mean that they've come off. Uh, I know Lacazette is uh, is feeling unhappy at Arsenal and, and there's, there's rumours that he could be interested in going to Juve. And then another one that I caught wind of, uh, which... It'd be interesting if it happened. Um, Moyes Keane going back from Everton. I know he's very unhappy at Everton. Uh, mm. Now, Everton have made some signings in the last few hours, so he may may <laughs> change his mind on that. Uh, but, yeah, uh, it'd be interesting to see Moyes Keane going back to you. I mean, yeah, he, he's a very talented player, kind of someone who, who hasn't lived up to the potential, perhaps, uh, whether that's down to to an attitude or whether that's down to to just maybe not being as good as people thought he is perhaps but uh yeah it'd be, it'd be interesting to see if Moise King does uh go back a, a lot of Italian clubs tend to have players who, who do flip back and forward between between uh certain clubs it's it's really really weird mm. Well, and, and sometimes it's just that uh, it, it's it's almost like them taking a holiday or or, or an extended learning <laughs> experience, right? Going on excursion, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I mean, go, going to to Everton for a holiday is quite an interesting prospect, but uh, <laughs> especially if you're from Turin. Um, but uh, um, yeah, no, it it uh, Moise Keane, he would be that. I think that'd be a really interesting shout, especially you know, given the chance now to combine with Ronaldo and DiBala. Um, you know, kind of across that that front three, that would be pretty tasty, I think. Um, but uh, l- let's take a trip away from Turin real quick, and and let's let's go actually to the fashion capital of the world, Milan, um, with uh, Juventus's chief rivals this year, and and historically their chief rivals, um, uh, Inter uh, Internazionale, uh, Milan. Mm, yes, they've uh, had a very busy uh, <laughs> few months. Some some interesting signings and some maybe weird like wah signings, but let's go through them. Yeah, man. Um, obviously, as we noted with Dortmund, uh, Akraf Hakimi uh, has has left at Dortmund and by extension also left Real Madrid, and uh, Inter have signed him for forty four million dollars. Uh, is, is the reported amount here? Um, besides Trent Alexander Arnold, uh, Hakimi is clear, uh, clearly uh, one of the best right backs uh, yeah. in in the world, right? Like, there's it's no. A ve- it's a very astute signing. How they got a player of his caliber for for less than forty million pounds is is unreal. That's great business. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, they they've done a very very good job in, in, in signing him. I think that he's going to bring a, a very special dynamic uh, to to enters both. I guess the, their defense as well as just pretty much that whole entire 
right side of the uh, of the field. I mean, he's... yeah, because that they let Moses go after the 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 Chelsea loan, um, mm. and then they've also let uh, Jan Karamor go. So that's that right that right wing kind of cleared up for for Hakimi to just absolutely bolt up and down. Yeah, exactly. And, and if there's anybody who can bolt, it's definitely Hakimi. Uh, that guy is a very special player, and he's very young. He's only 21 years old. You know, it's 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 very very interesting. Um, they they also made sure to complete the signings of Cincy as well as Barella, uh, who both were very very important uh, last season. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I think I think it's more or less keeping things. Uh, you know, Copa said it, keeping things the same. Um, and then Alexis Sanchez for free. I mean, you can't go wrong there, right? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a it's a he's a good player when he wants to be a good player. Uh, he's he's always kind of flattered to deceive. Uh, he had an amazing se- uh, couple of seasons at Arsenal, but then he was almost anonymous at Man United. And even when he went over to Inter, he's not exactly set the world on fire. Uh, there was talk that Inter maybe weren't even interested in in keeping hold of him, and that he would have to go back to Manchester. But yeah, they've uh, they've uh, they've got him for free. And when you're looking to replace someone like Akade, uh picking up someone for free of of the quality of of Sanchez is it's, it's good business. It really, really is. Mm-hmm. But then we get into the weird business. <laughs> now uh, there was rumours that they were gonna go for. Uh, Brescia's wonder kid Sandro Tonale, mm. um, who is an absolute—he's—he looks like he will be uh, an Italy captain of yes. the future. So, for someone so young to have such an an old head on his shoulders, uh, and and to be so kind of down to earth, and uh, it's—it would have been a, a very very astute signing. But instead, they've they've picked up a tour of Vidal. From Barcelona, or they're in the in the the, the later stages of picking up a tour of Vidal from mm-hmm. from Barcelona, which it baffles me when you've got a player of twenty years old playing in the same position who's had a an outstanding season in a very weak team that is basically carried Brescia to then go for someone who who's had a lackluster three seasons. Uh, in, in a tour of Adele, very aged in, and has certainly lost a lot of pace, certainly lost a lot of touch. and then Certainly the, can't play in the number 10 position. Yeah, and then <laughs> then then the wages as well. I mean, Tonali was on pennies at Brescia. It would have been very likely that would have, it would have not cost uh, Inter that much in terms of wages. But Vidal, you're looking at the best part of £200,000 a week. I just don't understand that that signing. It, it makes absolute no sense to me. Uh, but he was free, uh, and maybe that was the sticking point. I think the the Tenale, uh, fee could have possibly gone up to about forty million. Um, but yeah, it's just a very weird signing, especially when we said that they made some astute signings in uh, Sensi, Barella, Hakimi, and Sanchez. Then you go and shit the bed by signing a tour of Adele. <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> now, now, uh, Vidal, he he he's also been linked with Juventus. We'll say that he he did state that he does have um, maybe desires or ambitions to link back up with with Pirlo. He says he that Pirlo has his phone number, um, but v- Vidal to uh, to to enter. That's a um, 
that is an interesting proposition. Not not the move that I personally would have made, uh, you know, if I was Inter Milan. Um, but I, I think he he does bring, a, I guess, something in that midfield that I think might be slightly missing. And I'm not I'm not going to go in about his skill set because I think you covered that very very well actually. <laughs> um, but I think that he does bring that uh, that experience and that 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 winning mentality that that Inter may be lacking somewhat in order to but put up a proper title challenge against um uh, against Juventus and um when, when paired uh with uh with with a manager as uh, as astute as Antonio Conte. Um I I think that that could be possibly a winning combination i don't know mags you know. yeah I, th- I think conte is the gonna be the kicker for for vidal and he's worked with uh with conte before uh and yeah i'm sure he's happy to work with him again and this is me calling vidal a, a poor player when he's not he's way better than <laughs> i could ever be uh and and the league in in italy is certainly not as uh as fast-paced as as the one in Spain, so uh, maybe that won't be as much of an issue. Mm. Um, and he has got experience of that of that that Italian uh, style of play, so it it could very well perhaps do a job. It just seems weird when you've got the option of getting someone as 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 amazing and as young as Tanale, and mm. then you opt for someone as 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 broken and as uh, <laughs> as as Weetabix legged as uh, as a Tara Vidal. Yeah, perhaps so. <laughs> um, I'm glad that you mentioned the words broken because uh, the the other signing that could possibly slot into that position is, um, and I'm going to feel really terrible for for calling him broken, but it's N'Golo Conte. Um, mm-hmm. Yes. Who, who um, he he's worked with Antonio Conte before, um, yeah. but uh, N'Golo Conte has been. Um, He's really logged a lot of miles in a very short amount of time. Um, he's very much a world-class player who can certainly play at the base of that of, of that midfield, and would probably actually be the signing, in my opinion, to get into the league. Um, just me personally, but um, I, I mean, could there maybe be some magic left in Conti's legs if he was to make it to enter? Yeah, and like, like we said, the 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 speed. Uh, of of the uh, Italian game, it would it would benefit Conte more than than uh, than it does at, at, at Chelsea. Uh, it has played it's played havoc on the on the guy from signing from Leicester then Chelsea. The guy is an engine. He absolutely is, and the 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 pressure he puts on on his poor knees uh <laughs> it must be unreal so to to come to to uh inter would be almost like a, a break for him he'd be able to relax at his own pace and still be able to keep up with with the pace of the game uh would chelsea want to to let him go perhaps not but uh, yeah, it'd be uh, it'd be an interesting signing. I know that they're also interested in Chris Smalling to kind of shore uh, shore up that defence, uh, and I think they're also interested in Emerson from Chelsea as well. Uh, so yeah, it's a uh, it's still going to be a, quite an interesting uh, few weeks in for for Inter. And even mm. though they've done a lot of business, it doesn't look like the the, the shop's quite closed yet. Mm. Uh, the state where you have to rely on Chris Smalling to shore up your defence. <laughs> Um, <laughs> well, he's, he's 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 not done that bad at Roma, though. To, no, to he, be fair, I mean, yeah, I I thought it was weird that he got uh, loaned out from Manchester United because whilst he's never been 
massively impresses in, in terms of like being a standout defender. He's always very, very solid. Mm. Uh, so when they allowed him to go to, to Roma, yeah, it was it was interesting. And I thought he's he's had a decent uh, time there. Um, I just don't think he, he fits back into that Man United squad. So mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. if Roma aren't interested in him, it, it would be a, a, a decent pickup for someone like for someone like Inter Milan. Yeah, no, I I, I absolutely agree. I, I was being a bit cheeky, yes, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think that covers Inter Milan pretty well. Uh, we've only got a, a few more left here, Mags, and we'll try and make it through as quickly as possible here because we know that your 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 time is valuable. Um, as is yours, uh, as is the listeners. Um, uh, so uh, we'll we'll move across the street from Inter Milan to AC Milan, uh, and you were just talking about Sandro Tonali. This seems like the destination for Mister Tonali. Apparently so. Now uh, <laughs> the rumors were that it, it was interbound, but yeah, if you're not going to go to Inter, where better to go than their their rivals, mm-hmm. AC Milan? Uh, yeah, and they've had a it, Milan have had a an, another interesting window. Uh, they've let Suso go, obviously, to Sevilla. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've released uh, Reina to go to Lazio. Uh, mm-hmm. And then uh, two kind of uh, Milan legends in uh, Bonaventure and, and uh, Biglia being being released. Uh, in terms of big signings, obviously, getting uh, Tonali would, would be absolutely amazing for them. But uh, I think they've, they've re-signed Ibrahimovic for a season, which mm-hmm. will be funny. He, he'll always get you goals. I think that guy will score goals when he's 50-year-old. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I think um, AC Milan's kind of interest was was, was finalising the loan deals that, they, that they'd had from last season. Uh, they've got Simon, uh, Simon Kajer from Sevilla uh, sealed up and uh, Alexis uh, Salmakers uh, sealed up from Anderlecht, uh, both, interestingly, for £3.15 million, apparently. Mm-hmm. Um but there's a lot of rumours uh, floating about for, for Milan. So maybe this may be a club that, if we look at in a couple of weeks, might be totally different. Uh, obviously, Tonali is very close to signing, but apparently Begovic is uh, on his way in. Uh, Aurier from Spurs could be there. Bakayoko from uh, from uh, Chelsea on his way. Torreira from Arsenal and the big one, uh, and it will be it's one that's been rumoured for a, a, quite a few years, but uh, Donnarumma on his way out um, mm. if you remember recently, he was very very close to leaving and then suddenly signed a 10 year deal um, <laughs> but but the, the rumours are that uh, he may may be going to uh, replace Kepa at Chelsea Ooh, yeah, yeah. That would would that would that seal the league for Chelsea? Do you think if they could pick up a keeper, because that's their weak point. Kepa mm. was their weak point last season. If uh, if Chelsea picked up Donnarumma, or if they picked up someone like maybe Nick Pope, uh, which I would I hope they do not. Um, <laughs> would that would that be the nail in the coffin for Chelsea? And would they then be your favourites? 
not your favourites as in your favourite <laughs> team, but your favourites for the league. <laughs> yeah, Tanner switching sides, suddenly wearing a Chelsea yeah, shirt. <laughs> Mag's challenging my loyalty to, to, to Liverpool. Um, yeah, I mean, it would be hard to tell to, to, to tell Chelsea fans that they're not favourites in the league uh, if they were to sign a guy like Donnarumma. Um, he, I would fully expect for AC Milan to want uh, Kepa back in return for him, so that maybe the and uh, Sir Chelsea would absolutely let that deal happen. They would, <laughs> they would, they would walk him to Milan. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I don't think Kepa's a bad keeper per se, but I, I don't think that like I don't think he's adjusted very well to the Premier League, and I kind of think Sorry almost ruined him a little bit. Um, mm. Which he, he had a lot of pressure on his back, especially mm. when you look at the. The amazing keepers that we've had over the last few years with the likes of Bob Black, uh, De Gea, uh, Alisson, Edison, uh, Kepa coming in and being the world's most expensive keeper is a massive, massive pressure. And then mm-hmm. when you've got a, a back line who perhaps weren't the strongest, you were always going to be the last line of defence. And and I think he struggled with that pressure. Then he had a bit of an attitude problem. Um, and yeah, I think things just got on top of the kid. Uh He's got the potential to be a world-beating keeper. It's just maybe he needed a few more years um, seasoning almost, maybe to not be thrust into the big picture so early in his career. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that uh, it would be very difficult. I think Chelsea would have to pay a pretty big premium for uh, for Donnarumma. We'll see if that happens or not. Um, but. Okay, well, uh, World's most expensive keeper for Donnarumma, straight swap. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, like you noted here, I mean, Serge Ayer is uh, it, from from Spurs, possibly heading over there. Bakayoko, who had already previously played for AC Milan, uh, possibly returning there too. That would be quite a, an, an astute signing, very much opposite of possibly what Sandro Tonali would bring, who is more like he's Tonali's very very interesting player, um, and I think that he he kind of fits in that AC Milan lore because he's he's kind of both Gattuso and Pirlo at the same time. You know, he 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 does not mind getting into a good skirmish, but he's just his feet are just so gifted, like Pirlo's were. Yeah, he's, he's the epitome of a of a perfect box to box midfielder. Wherever in the ball is in that in that centre third, Tonali will be chasing it and he will be hungry for it. And it, he's he's got great defensive attributes, but he's also very very good going forward. So he he has the potential to be an absolute world beater in the next next few years. And like I said. He, he's he's going to be uh, Italy captain. It's as simple as that. He's going to be the the kind mm-hmm. of linchpin of that 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 new Italy squad. Mm-hmm. Well, that and with the possibility of maybe them also pairing in Lucas uh, uh, Torreira um, from from Arsenal, I think that would be also uh, also a very astute signing. All right, mm-hmm. um, I, I think that they they do need that person to kind of screen things at the base of the midfield, especially you know considering that uh, Lucas Biglia is, is is now gone. Um, yeah, they, they do need to shore up uh, a lot of the midfield, and I think that they they've done they've done so. Uh, I mean, I, I guess in the rumor mill, but it, it, it's putting pen to paper. I think is, is is the key here for AC Milan. They did get across the deal for Brahim Diaz, though a loan deal from from Real Madrid. Um, so that uh-huh. should be that should be a pretty astute signing for for AC Milan this season. Yep, absolutely. 
Um, we'll, we'll exit out of Milan, um, and, and before we leave Italy entirely, we'll take just a quick trip over to Napoli. I, I didn't have this in my original show notes here, and I, as I attested to Mags, um, but uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't make note of uh, Victor Osmehin. Uh, Osmehin? Ozzy, 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 Thank you, Mags. <laughs> Victor O. <O-Seaman. laughs> Victor Ozzy. It, it works. Victor O. Seaman. It sounds like an Irish wanker. <laughs> Indeed. Um, so he's he he played for Lille. Did very very well. I think I think by all means he he did incredibly well for Lille. Um. Napoli oh, has. Go ahead. Did he do? Did he do sixty-three million pounds? Well, yes. Uh, the amount <laughs> that's totaled here is seventy-seven million dollars, sixty-three million million pounds. Um, yeah, that's um, that's a quite a bit of pressure to put on somebody. <laughs> yeah, and especially when you've had the the front lines that, that Napoli have had over the last few years. Hmm. Uh, if you're coming in to replace someone like. Dries Mertens, who's been an absolute legend, and then you've got the 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 price tag of sixty three million pounds. You better hit that ground running. Yeah, yeah. I mean, where where does uh, <laughs> where where does Victor fit into the squad? I'll just say I'll just use his first name here. Where does Victor <laughs> fit into the squad? I think he 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 needs to very quickly form um, a partnership with uh, Milik. Uh, it seems that, that Millick and, uh, the, and uh, Victor are going to be the, the main guys. I mean, you don't pay $63 million for someone to, to sit on the bench, so he's, he's got to be a starter. Uh, and then when you've got a player as, uh, as skilled as, as Millick, you've got, to, you've got to get both on the, on the pitch. So I, mm. I see Victor being the, the, main, the main attacker, and I see Millick being, because he's uh, quite a bit taller than, than uh, Victor, I think. I see, I see he, him being the target man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and um, I'll, I'll maybe make a quick note of, uh, I'll, I'll throw you a, a softball here, Mags. Um, where does Dries Mertens fit into all of this here, if you're going to put uh, Victor next to, to Millick? I think Dries Mertens is on his way out. Mm. Um yeah, uh, the guy's thirty-three, and like I said, he, he's been an absolute legend for for um, for Napoli. But I think he mm-hmm. he is the kind of player who, at his age, wants to wants to do something outside of Italy. Um, so yeah, I think we see someone coming in for for Mertens over the next couple of weeks or so. Mm-hmm. Well, There's been rumours that he's coming to a couple of. Uh, Premier League teams. I think uh, West Ham was a, a team that was was in for him, but I think he's probably a bit. He has too much quality for for West Ham. I'd <laughs> uh, I'd be interested to see him at someone like maybe like a Leicester uh, as kind Ooh. of a foil for for Vardy. That would be quite cool. There, there would be a, a nice little uh, dichotomy between uh, Vardy and uh, Andres Mertens. Both are great actors, um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's um, it would be quite interesting to see them there. I mean, Manchester City might look into him simply because they missed out on a certain uh, Argentine, uh, <laughs> and they are the same age. 
And they are. This, yeah, it fits the profile a little bit. I don't, I don't know if, he, if Mertens has got the same marketability. I don't think you're going to see many uh, uh, Pepsi ads with shirts. Mertens. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, he, he certainly would do a job at Man City. Uh, <laughs> it's not worth 700 million, I'll tell you that for now. If uh, City put a 700 million pound bid in for him, uh, they deserve getting the pants pulled down. <laughs> it would be probably one of the finest days of my life. Um, <laughs> Imagine if that was a mistake. You thought you were buying mess and you end up with Dries Mains. <laughs> oof. Oof. What, what happened to the fax machine? Um... <laughs> uh, uh, Let's see here. Uh, a lot of Napoli's activities have actually been outgoings here. Um, Alan, uh, one of the most, uh, I guess, astute, most stalwart um, uh, players in Napoli's midfield, he'll be going to Everton and supposedly linking up with uh, another player who we'll talk about here in a moment. Um, but So you've got Alan leaving to Everton. Uh, Simeone Verdi, uh, whose time lasted very short, uh, is headed to Torino. Um, yeah. Marco Rogue is uh, headed off to uh, Cagliari. And uh, Vlad Kerchis, amongst others, headed to Sassu. Wolo. I think um, Inglese as well. Did they, they, they sell Inglese yes. to, to Parma, I think? Inglese, yes, to Parma. Mm-hmm. Uh, for 19.8 million, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's uh, very, very interesting stuff here. Uh, lots of outgoings. Um, I mean, some possible. to fund that 63 million pound uh, super signing. <laughs> Yeah, for, oh Victor, um, uh, oh Victor, that's brilliant. That's his name from now on. <laughs> oh Victor, oh Victor. Uh, uh, we do have uh, possible rumors for Socrates from Arsenal to come in, which I mean I could definitely see happening. To be perfectly honest, and then Ben, ben Godfrey, uh, also centre back, but from from Norwich. Um, so there you go. <laughs> Yeah, very interesting. The Allen, um, the Allen sale to Everton is interesting. He's another player who's always had rumours of leaving. Uh, there's always been people interested in, but nothing ever got over the line. And for him to to be linked with the teams that he were previously, to then drop at Everton, mm. mm. uh, Ancelotti's making some big moves this season. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Yeah, yeah, no, we're, we'll talk plenty about their their midfield here because I think that that's that's gonna be that's gonna be quite one to watch out for. Uh, it, it seems as if um, <laughs> what, what's interesting here is that uh, Everton seems to be picking up players uh, from from past uh, past histories with their manager. Uh, the, yes. uh, the the gentleman's name fades for me here, but uh, oh, what's his name? I should know his name. What's his name, Mags? Everton's manager. Ancelotti. Ancelotti, thank you. Um, yeah, so they're they're picking up signings from from o- Ancelotti's only a world past. Beater, o- only a manager who's won the Champions League and the yeah, Premier like League, like yeah. obviously one of the greatest managers of all time. And my brain's like, what's his name, Tanner? You know his name. I'm like, no, it's not Keith Lee. It's something. It's somebody else. <laughs> Um, David Moyes. This is David Moyes. <laughs> um, no, yeah. Uh, so Angelotti, uh, he, I mean, he's bringing in, um, you know, Alan here after, you know, obviously he knows him from from Napoli. Uh, we'll talk about Jaimez Rodriguez here in just a moment. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, Everton seemed to be shaping up very, very well. It seems. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they certainly are. Uh, I don't think that these these players are going to 
be enough to push them back into European contention, but it'll certainly uh, help kind of stem the the downfall of Everton, who, who really dropped off. This were a team who even really recently challenged Liverpool to to be the dominant force in 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 the town, and over the last three or four seasons have really really dropped off. So yeah, perhaps uh, the 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 signings of of Allen and Rodriguez will help stem that flaw a little bit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, let's uh, let's take a nice little holiday here over to Spain as we close out the show, Mags. Uh, I, I'd like a nice yeah. holiday to Spain. That sounds nice. Uh, it's over Turkey's better. Sorry about that. I lost the recording there for a minute. Uh, my computer kind of flipped out and just decided to stop recording. Um, but uh, Atletico Madrid uh, okay. is where we are. Diego Simeone is the uh, current manager of the squad, been there for quite some time, has led them to some some real glories here, um, but it seemed as though he was very much a deflated figure on the touchline after they had lost uh, to uh, uh, to Salzburg, not Salzburg, Leipzig. Uh, <laughs> uh, Mags, they they've not really been super active in the transfer market. They 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 obviously completed Alvaro Morata's, uh, uh, I guess his his loan deal has now become permanent. Um, and then uh, uh, Ivo uh, Gribic is is coming in from a uh, uh, Lokomotiva. Um, I mean, he seems like it's like he's a very very good goalkeeper to to have around, especially to to have that learning tree from Allblock. Um, mm-hmm. But um, I mean, as you made mention here, Oblak could be also maybe possibly on his way to Chelsea if it's not Donnarumma. Um, what do you do if you're Diego Simeone? Is there still the fire there at Atletico uh, to, to to persevere and to continue on? Um, it's hard to say because they're always going to be, unless something massively. Uh, out of, out of this world happens. They're always going to be the third team, uh, and yeah, it, 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 I suppose that can get really, really deflated, especially if you're if you're not able to kind of uh, to catch up with the likes of Barcelona and 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 Real Madrid, especially with this Barcelona squad that's that seems to be in freefall almost, and you're still not able to kind of peg them back. Yeah, I can see it being frustrating, and then you add on the the inability to kind of. Um, to to do well in Europe almost, yeah, I can see Diego being despondent, and then you look at the 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 lack of transfer, uh, not only of of actual transfers, but of even rumours. Uh, I know they let uh, Henrique leave for for Monaco. And they brought in Morata, who was all already a done deal anyway. And then the keeper you mentioned of uh, Gerbic, but the only rumours uh, are, are outgoings, and that's the only one is is Kieran Trippier, and that was for Villa, and that's now looking less and less likely. So mm-hmm. I think it's a very very quiet time. The my only the only way I can see Atletico making any any moves here is if they're keeping their kind of cards really really close to the chest and. And and they do a lot of business very quickly. And how much of this could possibly have to do with the massive investment that they made by signing Joao Felix uh, mm-hmm. last summer? 
because they signed yeah. him for quite a lot of money. He's a very, very promising player. Again, uh, 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 I keep hearkening back to Kai Havers here, but he, he's very much along that same like generation of extremely talented players um, who can be real world beaters um, and kind of uh, really cause some parody from the duopoly that we've had for the Ballon d'Or contest between uh, <laughs> Messi and, and, and Ronaldo for so long. Um I, I guess Joao Felix cost them so much money. I mean, could this just be maybe a time of keeping things a little bit simpler around the club? Yeah, perhaps. I mean, the the Morata deal is not exactly pennies either. That right. was, what, close, close to 50 million. So over the last couple of years, there, there has been a lot of outgoings, but not in terms of, of signing a lot of players, but spending a lot on, on a couple of players. So perhaps it's that kind of in the, the Liverpool mould almost, where mm. they've had big spendings over the last few years and now it's kind of time to rein that in and 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 let these players kind of mature and grow um and and keep spending to a minimum well and and not to be so hard on on atletico fans here uh, but but i will pose you an interesting question kind of going back to to you know what i i had uh, introduced us with here but uh, if, if you're diego simeone at, at what point do you call it time at atletico because he's he's always been widely rumored to go back to italy uh to mm-hmm. for a managerial job i think that he's even hinted himself that he that that's something that he would like to do at some point in his career uh, but i mean he has he taken the club as far as he can yeah absolutely he can uh he he had a season where uh, a few seasons where he was did really well in in the league but was never kind of able to 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 break that duopoly he had a, a a few seasons where they, they did really well in Europe, uh, and I think when you're in with a team of like Atletico, where they they're always going to be the third team, and you've kind of solidified that, and and yeah, there's not really much more it can do aside from aside from the 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 miracle that would be winning winning La Liga. Mm-hmm. Um, there were talk of him going to um, the Premiership a few seasons ago, which kind of like dropped off. I think he was uh, he was uh, rumored for the Man United job before mm-hmm. uh, Mourinho went there. Uh, he's, he's been linked with the Chelsea job a couple of times, but yeah, I think if uh, an interesting job came up in in Italy, I think it it would be very very likely that he'd, he'd be interested. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I think that. Um... I think that it should almost be time. I think that he's he's staying there. I really don't know what why he's staying there. To be quite honest with you, um, I mean, it, it, I think another manager, um, you know, of his ilk maybe would have moved on by now. Um, mm-hmm. But um, it, Atletico seemed to trust him, and he's not given Atletico any reason, um, you know, for for them to distrust him. Uh, yeah, so, and and mm-hmm. I suppose it's something that's kind of missing in in football nowadays that that kind of loyalty, right? Uh, it, where a manager sticks around for so long, you, you you're almost like, oh, that's weird. When should it be weird? It should be it should be lauded. It should be mm-hmm. like something that you that you that you're proud of. But with football being the money game that it is now, yeah, it, it's. Mm-hmm. It may be time for him to to kind of uh, mosey on and 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 see what else is out there. Well, it, it it he does almost remind me, and not not in a tactical sense, but I guess in that mentality, uh, almost like Klopp 
for 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 Liverpool mm-hmm. and for so long with with Dortmund is is that he's he's been extremely loyal despite uh, every year being linked to Bayern or linked to the Germany job or linked to Barcelona or Real Madrid. Uh, Klopp's always stayed, and through that same kind of trajectory, Simeone's always stayed. Um, you know, it's just uh, yeah. I mean, it. I think it's it. It must be tough for him seeing it uh, through so many times where they, he's taken them to the finals or uh, for, of the Champions League or he gets he gets so close to um, I, I guess pinning his rivals back um, in the league and, and just falls a little bit short so I mean I just wonder at what point does he get discouraged and, and maybe wants to look elsewhere um, but he does have a very very talented squad um, I, I, I can't say that um, uh, that uh, they, they're title favorites but they are very very talented. And, and I would hope that Joao Felix, in particular, has a real breakout year. I think that he he really needs that this year. Yep, I agree. Uh, it, again, it's it's a lot of pressure for you uh, to come in so young, uh, kind of like Kepa uh, in in a in a way yep. where you've been brought in and you've got so many people, like, so many eyes on you. You've been brought in for such a huge fee, and you you feel like you almost have to. Uh, be the best footballer in the world from from minute one when this guy is still is still young and he's still learning. Um, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see uh, in his second season whether he's he's uh, he's bedded in and whether he's gelled with the team and whether he'll uh, he'll he'll basically become the player that that everybody thinks he will be. Indeed, indeed. Uh, let's uh, let's move across the street once again from Atletico Madrid <laughs> over to Real Madrid, one of the yes. uh, one of the legendary clubs in, in European football. Um, Real Madrid, uh, interestingly enough, again it, it, they are not out there buying a lot of players. Um, no. in, in fact, they're they're just simply they seem to be selling players and and bringing players back in from loan is is what uh, their strategy seems to be here, Mags. Yeah, uh, the, obviously we've, we've spoke about uh, Hakimi going and Renier gone out on loan. Uh, they've let uh, Oscar Rodriguez go to Sevilla, uh, and I think the only um, the only uh, major uh, one coming back from loan is probably Odegaard. Uh, from Sociedad, he, he obviously mm-hmm. was he was lauded as the next big thing when he signed for Real Madrid. Uh, kind of didn't live up to that. Uh, got farmed out on loan. Uh, he's done really well at Sociedad, and think Real Madrid are maybe looking at him being the player that they they signed originally uh, to live up to that kind of potential uh, and and fit back in the squad. Uh, it's been more of an outgoings with uh, with uh, mm-hmm. Real Madrid. They've uh, Obviously, the news today of, of James Rodriguez going to Everton, which is a that's a coup for Everton, an absolute mm-hmm. coup because this is a guy who, who lit two World Cups on fire. Mm-hmm. Uh, n- never really got his uh, his kind of uh, due at Real Madrid. Excelled at, at Bayern and now is uh, is coming to the Premiership. So that's going to be fun. Um, <laughs> and then you, you've got. Uh, Celebos, uh, who's I think he's confirmed a second year at Arsenal mm-hmm. uh, on loan, which will be which will be interesting. Uh, uh, Reguilon is uh, now on loan at Chelsea, uh, but and then is he the, on loan at Chelsea? That's wow, that's interesting. I, yeah, I, I think so. I believe so. Hmm. Uh, and then we've got Bale, who's uh, who's been looks like he's been on his way out for the last three years. Zidane. <laughs> 
can't stand the ground that he walks on, uh, <laughs> leaving him out of squads, uh, making him travel when he has absolutely no reason to. Uh, Rumours that he's he's going back to Spurs, which I think will be a good fit for him in in kind of this time of his career. Uh, get back to a, a club that that has love for him because. Bale, as good of a player he was, he's never fitted in with the the uh, Real Madrid fans and with the with the the club there. I think he's. I still think he hasn't learnt Spanish, even though he's been over there for so many years. Um, so yeah, that's a that's an interesting uh, outgoing potentially. Uh, but the the big news is and. Real Madrid have always been a team that sign Galacticos. They always mm. kind of make one huge signing per season. It's very rare that you see Real Madrid being so quiet in the in the transfer window. Uh, and the, the, you're not going to like this, but <laughs> we all know what the rumours are. We know that the rumours are they're kind of coming to porch from uh, from Anfield. Uh, and now, is it Mane? Is it Salah? Is it both? Could potentially be both. Uh, yeah, that's that's where it's going to be interesting for for Real Madrid. Not so much in what business they've done now, but what business they potentially could be doing mm. up to up to the the window in October. Mm. I'll say this uh, just to to address <laughs> your 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 rumor mongering. Uh, <laughs> You're warmongering. Yeah. <laughs> um, the uh, <laughs> um, I'm not too frightened of of Real Madrid coming for for Mane or Salah, and and I don't think many in in Anfield are. Um, I, I think that Liverpool's fostered actually a really great environment where it's more than just the money. It's more than just you know you're 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 playing for the the, the badge on your shirt. And I think that all the players are really proud uh, to play for the, proud, the, the 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 badge on the shirt, but also to play for Klopp. Uh, and, and I think that that Klopp is really the reason why people come to Anfield, um, uh, or, or at least probably one of the major a- aspects of players coming to Anfield um, and staying at Anfield. Really, um, Klopp's not really a ruthless kind of guy, um, but. Uh, let's play devil's advocate here and suppose for a minute that Real Madrid came knocking. Um, if I was, uh, if I was maybe their, uh, I, I guess, uh, sporting director, um, and you put a gun to my head and said, get rid of Mane or get rid of Sala, uh, I would probably get rid of Sala first. Um, oh. Over Mane, I think Mane Mane brings and has continued to bring something from the inception of him being in Anfield that is just completely special. Um, and I know that Real Madrid would pay hand over fist for Mo Salah um, because uh, uh, let's be honest, Egypt is a pretty big market that uh, Real Madrid could break into. Um, but uh, that being said. Um, if Real Madrid were to pay a very good premium for Mo Salah, I know that that would make up more than enough funds for Liverpool to turn around and pick up somebody like, oh, I don't know, Jadon Sancho. Mm-hmm. Who would Which be. would be very astute. Uh, <laughs> I, and I, I tend to agree with you. I think uh, I know a couple of years ago before uh, Zidane left Real only to come back. I know Mane was heavily linked with uh, with Real, and there were mm-hmm. rumours that, that the transfer was almost done. Um, but 
uh, Mane has definitely over over the last few weeks and, and months really kind of committed himself to Liverpool. He's, he's, uh, he did a press uh, release not long ago where he said he wants to win more trophies for Liverpool and he, he wants to be there for a long, long time. So Mane, yeah, I think you've more chance of, of, of keeping uh, Mane. Uh, and I think he, you're right, I think he's more irreplaceable, uh, more, yeah, than Salah, uh, mm. Salah definitely added a, a, a dynamic uh, edge to your to Liverpool's play. But what what Mane has over over Salah is is ball control for me. He's mm. got the he's got this this a very similar pace, uh, but he he's able to to dribble a lot. Uh, cleaner than than Salah does. Salah tends to hit the ball in front and just use his outstanding pace to to bully everybody uh, mm. and get in, get out on the ball and and kind of not have that ball control. If you look at that, that is a goals to shots ratio. It's it's actually quite low. Uh, mm. Uh, whereas uh, whereas Mane's is 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 half forties to fifty percent, um, so yeah, I think Salah would be someone who you could let go and he perhaps could. To, could get you a, a a bigger premium because of his name, yep. uh, and and that would easily fund uh, Sancho, uh, and Sancho would be a ready-made replacement. Mm-hmm. And and that's why I'm not too scared of that. And now now I'm do I say that I wish for that to happen? No, I I <laughs> I, I, I I would like to keep Salah. I think there's I think there's something interesting about Salah that's almost very messy esque for for Liverpudlians. Um, he he does have a lot of very similar traits and movements as I think he he's actually I, I can't remember if he's gone on record for saying this or or, or if others have said this for him, um, but but um, I guess he had been instructed previously uh, to watch tape of Messi and to kind of study him and 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 learn how to kind of play in that same kind of style and I think that's really benefited Salah in a lot of ways he's produced a lot of magical moments for Anfield. Uh, that being said, I don't think there's anything that Salah does um, if he was to go to Real Madrid that Jaden Sancho could not do or could not do better, um, especially yeah, considering his age. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. He's, what, Sancho now 21, so he's got at least seven years on Salah. Mm-hmm. He's a uh, his ball control is is far better than Salah's. Salah's probably got the edge in terms of pace, uh, but but Jadon Sancho is is he's he's no slowpoke. He can mm. definitely whip past defenders, and I think his his cross accuracy is, is slightly better than Salah's as well. So well, yeah, I think he would be a, an ideal fit. So, well, and, yeah. and you talk about Mane having ball control. Jadon Sancho is probably one of the best dribblers on the planet. Um, Absolutely. So I mean, it'd be it'd be a very very shrewd replacement to to bring in Sancho for for Salah if, if that was to happen. Mm-hmm. If if Real Madrid were to come to to to, uh, to get Mo Salah, um, I'll also uh, I'll stop talking about Liverpool after this. I, I promise. Uh, I, actually, I can't hold that promise. I'm sorry. Um, no, because so, the next club we're going to will definitely be talking about <laughs> Liverpool. <laughs> so. Um, it, it, when when Liverpool played Barcelona and came back four three, which um, uh, has me really choked up actually even thinking about it, um, it wasn't it wasn't Mo Salah on the pitch that day. It wasn't even Roberto Firmino that was on the pitch that day. You know who was there that helped make that that victory happen? Sadio oh, Mane. Sadio Mane. Mm-hmm. Show me the Mane. Um, <laughs> 
But yeah, no. You had me at hello. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think for, for Real Madrid, um, I think it'll be pretty quiet. Uh, you'll have Martin Odegaard there. Uh, Kubo's coming back from loan. Vallejo's coming back from loan. Um, and then o- Odrio Zola, he's coming back from loan as well. So I think that it's they're, they're going to be pretty... I think we're going to see a summer of austerity, perhaps, for Real Madrid until they decide what exactly it is that they're going to do. They've sold a lot of players, which I think that they needed to do because of COVID. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I think we're, we're pretty much... I think we've pretty much got Real Madrid covered there. Um, and then uh, last but not least let's move over to the 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 total dumpster fire show that is fc barcelona um perfect way to bookmark this show started with barcelona (laughs) ending with barcelona we we had we had to do it we had to do it you guys (laughs) um so Barcelona's not really looking too terrible at the moment as far as the squad is concerned uh, on paper, but it's 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 how it actually goes into practice here, Mags, I, I think is what, what you and I have, have ventured for quite a few episodes now. Um, yeah. uh, w- what does Barcelona need now that they've brought in Ronald Koeman? They need a miracle. <laughs> they need... <laughs> They need a new president. <laughs> no, Barcelona need. And I was I was watching a a Euro Football Daily video today, and they kind of said a lot of what I believe with Barcelona. Barcelona seem to be a team in absolute. Crisis. They have some of the the, the best players in the world or people who have been the best players in the world. But there's absolutely no balance in the squad. They're, they're a very aging squad, and the, and the players that are coming through are not the the calibre that uh, we've had from the Barcelona youth system before. Uh, yeah, and the transfers that they've made, not just this season, but previous seasons, have, have just not helped them at all. And they've, they've kind of... Um, coasted on having uh, a front line of, of, of Messi and Suarez. I think the the, the wheels kind of came off when uh, they let Neymar go, um, basically because he felt like he was being held back by Messi. Um, yeah, it's the player power, and I, and I know I keep repeating it, but it's what's, it's what's ruined Barcelona. It's signing players to make one player happy rather than what the club actually needed uh, and it's going to take a few seasons of rebuilding for this club to 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 get back to where it, it should be um, we, we spoke earlier about the signing of Pjanic it just, it's not a signing that makes even a lick of sense mm. and especially when you talk about spending £54 million uh, on a player that is literally Sergio Busquets. Why I don't get that. Um, <laughs> they signed, they signed Trincao, uh, is an, another player who's highly talented, uh, but just doesn't fit into this kind of the way Barcelona play. And the rumor is that he's going straight back out on loan. Um, yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's just a massive, massive dumpster fire. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, They've let him play like half a goal. It makes absolutely not a lick of sense in the world mm. to have one of the most talented attacking midfielders of this generation 
go. And yeah, it, I, I fear for Barcelona. I think they're always going to be there or thereabouts in terms of the league because of the stature of the club. But when you're looking to to build a club for the future, yeah, they, Barcelona need to rebuild and they're going to be doing that for a long, long while. Um, there's a lot of dead wood at Barcelona that needs to be cut. Uh, I think they've started that well with uh, with uh, letting Rakitic go as good as he's been. He's definitely uh, past his prime. Mm-hmm. Arda Turan was a horrific signing in the first place and <laughs> the fact that they've let him go to, to Galatasaray for free, it... it it makes all the sense in the world. Uh, the Messi situation kind of like rubber stamped how bad Barcelona have, have been. Uh, the fact that rather than than fixing the squad, they've been kind of almost begging uh, the the best player, but also the biggest problem to stay. Yeah, you know, it's 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 yeah, it, it's going to take a lot. For, for for Barcelona to be the the kind of force that they've been over the last. 20, 30, 40 years. Yeah, weird. Well, um, I'll, I'll pose a question to you here, uh, Mags, because uh, I, I think it's interesting. Um, not that this man has that much of a track record of doing this, but Ronald Koeman does come from the um, uh, that, uh, that, that quote-unquote Barcelona DNA that we always mm-hmm. hear so much about. Um where a lot of the focus, at least during the Guardiola era, tended to be uh, by bringing up younger players uh, and developing them into uh, into proper first-team talents. Now, you are seeing an influx of loan deals coming to an end, uh, like uh, Mark Cucurella uh, from uh, Getafe, um, Philip, Phil Coutinho is coming back to Barcelona, uh, <laughs> or- Oriol Busquets, is, uh, he's coming back from loan from uh, FC20. Um, uh, Perez from Roma, I think, as well. Perez from Roma, uh, Carlos Elena from Betis, uh, Rafinha from Celta de Vigo. Uh, yeah, I mean, you've got a lot of players coming back, um, and, and then probably amongst them here, a, a center back, uh, Todibo from uh, FC Schalke. Uh, so, I mean, does Komen, I mean, obviously he's been linked with, Barcelona's been linked with pretty much every Dutch player who's ever lived and breathed. Um <laughs> But does 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 Komen perhaps take advantage of the fact that he's having a lot of very young players coming back from loan? It has to. It, it's not like Barcelona have the funds to go out and and do a, a, a mass buy of, of, of fresh talent. They're going to have to rely on what initially brought them to the dance all those years ago. Uh, I think and we've spoke about it on previous podcasts, Barcelona's problem was they fell into the trap of of trying to match Real Madrid signing for signing. If Real Madrid made a, a, a big marquee signing, it's almost like Barcelona had to make a big marquee signing or they were competing for the same players. Uh, and where Real Madrid have, have kind of got players that they've needed to fit in with with their their style of play for the most part. Uh, Barcelona haven't gone that way. They've literally just gone, this is a big-name player, let's get him in. Uh, and I think that's with the influence of, of, of Messi. Uh, the, I mean, let's look at Griezmann, for instance. That signing made absolutely no sense in the world that they, they signed mm-hmm. Griezmann. And then they paid... 120 million pounds it's just it absolutely beggars belief uh and then you're going to the rumors that they're letting suarez go off for free who's been arguably one of the 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 
the top five strikers in European football for the last decade. Um, yeah, they, they just... They, I, I understand that they need to cut the dead weight out, I really do, but this is going to be something that you can't just stick a plaster over and fix in, in one season. You're going to have to do this over multiple seasons. Uh, and I think using the 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 amazing resources that they've got at, at La Mesia and, and bringing those youth in, recalling the, the, the youths that you've had out on loan and kind of riding that, that hope that they'll be able to come good uh, Try and keep in in touch with Real Madrid, and then um, let these players flourish and and become the stars that they should be, and then hopefully you've got kind of like a basis of a club to to rebuild on. Uh, mm. It's interesting that they're going for for Wijnaldum. Uh, that I mm. think that deal is almost over the line. Uh, I think that's a very good signing. It's a a lot of money for a club who, who basically have nothing. Uh, but I think it's it's good in terms of he will shore up uh, a very aged leaking midfield. I think they've also signed Angelino and Garcia from City, uh, but those deals were done previously. Um, so the, it's still bringing in new young younger talent. Um, but yeah, it's it's going to be interesting, but kind of sad to watch Barcelona because I think they they may struggle. I think so too, man. I, I think that they they really are going to struggle. And just a quick editorial: Cucurella and um, uh, Perez are actually both permanent deals with uh, with Getafe and uh, a, a, uh, AS Roma. Uh, oh, so they've lost them. Yeah, they they've lost them. Mm-hmm. Wow. In fact, in fact, Chelsea That's, was after that, Cucurella. That makes it even harder. Yeah, that makes it even harder for him. Well, th- those were two of their most talented uh, youngsters that were out on loan. So, um, yeah, with both uh, both those loan deals actually being made permanent, uh, that makes things definitely much harder. Um, mm-hmm. Like you said, Van Alden will bring uh, something to the midfield. I would like to see just uh, again un- uh, as an unbiased observer uh, for a, a thirty million dollar deal for Van Alden, as well as maybe giving us Carl Perez, uh, or Carl, uh, Elena rather. Um, <laughs> um, I, I would like that. That would be nice. Um, but, um, uh, Van Alden would bring something interesting. Memphis Depay uh, is actually another one. Uh, Memphis uh, Depay, mm-hmm. Depay. Um, he, he brings something, he would bring something interesting to Barcelona as well. He's been very much linked to, uh, to joining back up with Ronald Koeman as well. Yeah. Like I said, it's 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 pretty much any any Dutch player who's ever been available. Uh, <laughs> but Depay is he's a, a a person who kind of struggled at Man United, but uh, definitely found his groove in uh, Liga, and so he would be a, a good sign. It, it all would depend on if they could if they could get the finances for the deal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And well, that's why at the beginning of the show I kind of hinted that maybe getting rid of Messi. Uh, and getting a big transfer for him, for for him, whilst it would be horrific in terms of the the stature of like of of Messi, it would have been better for the 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 coffers of the club, and they'd be able to kind of rebuild that squad a lot quicker. Mm-hmm. As of now, they're going to struggle. If you had the available funds, Mags, and we'll, we'll kind of leave it at this here. Um, but if you had the available funds and you were the president of Barcelona, the newly elected president, not not Bartomeu, um, what would President Mags do for Barcelona? He would get a time machine built. <laughs> he would go back five years and he would have all these players in their prime. Uh, no, uh, <laughs> if we're talking, if we're talking funds, um, 
uh, where they could make signings. I think you'd be looking at someone like uh, Latoura Martinez uh, mm. to, to kind of replace Suarez. Uh, you would have to be looking at shoring up uh, what's 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 normally a very kind of a strong defense, and even even this year, whilst it was the worst defensive output uh, over the last five years, it's not that not that bad in terms of of laying goals in. They only let in thirty eight goals, uh, but if you look at the the goal output, they scored eighty six. Now. Over the last five years, they've scored 90, 99, 116, and 112. So those, uh, the, the drop-off was when they let Neymar go, mm-hmm. um, which is, it, 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 it makes sense. You bring someone in of that kind of quality, maybe if you could afford it, get Neymar back. Uh, I don't know if that's going to be an option with uh, in terms of funds. I know he would be interested in that move, I think. I think he's... Uh, his run in Paris, whilst it's been kind of successful in terms of trophies, the reason why he went there was to win a Ballon d'Or, and uh, I don't think you're going to win that whilst being in Liga, and unfortunately, mm-hmm. um, unless your name's Kylian Mbappe. Uh, now, there, <laughs> if that if if you are talking unlimited funds, you're bringing Kylian Mbappe. He's the arguably the best footballer in the world right now. Yeah, I mean, I I have no argument against that. <laughs> he, he he could certainly be uh, one of the best, if not the best, in the world currently. Um, He'd be he, a swap from um, Salah straight away. You'd have yeah. no qualms with that swap. <laughs> nope, nope. I I think I'd be fine with that. I I almost like Jaden Sancho a little bit more just for that position. But yeah, Mbappe. Yeah. I mean, it's it'd be. I don't think I, I I don't think I could turn that down. No. <laughs> um, um, Besides the clubs that we've talked about, else otherwise, Mags, are there any other transfers or any other rumors that uh, that have piqued your interest recently? I'm just still waiting on Burnley transfers. It's really gets fr- it's frustrating being a Burnley fan because when it comes to transfer day, you know you're going to be bin dipping, uh, <laughs> rooting through the through the championship. Uh, but yeah, I think the the things that have surprised me is how quickly Everton moved on. Uh, on Rodriguez and and Allen, they really kind of threw me for a loop. Um, yeah, so aside from that, no, I'm mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just I, I'm just eager for transfer deadline day because, like I said, la- the last show that's kind of my Christmas. Uh, I've never been a big fan of Christmas, but I happily will sit there and watch transfer deadline day <laughs> all the live long day. I will. That's the kind of day where I. I uh, book off work and yeah that's it I'm uh, sat on the sofa I've got uh, multiple TV screens on with different channels on ready to watch uh, the transfers but yeah it's going to be an interesting window like I, I said earlier there's um, there's not a lot of money going about and I think we're going to see a lot of maybe swap deals or people being released on a free mm-hmm. uh, and and that kind of that kind of transfer or if there are big big uh, money spent it's it's going to be like the kind of spending where it trickles down one one club has to spend big for other clubs to be able to spend big i suppose mm-hmm. I, I think you're absolutely right i think you're absolutely right here mags 
it may, maybe it's one of those things where all that Chelsea money floating around finally gets invested. Somewhere. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> all right. Well, come on, uh, Leverkusen, get that money spent. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I mean, look, <laughs> you've got plenty of it now. Um, uh, well, uh, Mags, it's, it's been another fun time here at Radio Techers, and as you may note, uh, I guess this would be the debut on a super secret, very fun new super podcast collective. Secret. Yeah, very. Yeah, it's uh, about time we we announced it. Then I suppose I uh, see. Is this going to be the debut episode? On it? Yeah, we've uh, we've been amazingly after only being three episodes old. We've <laughs> been uh, invited to to be on a, a very very high caliber network with a uh, with uh, the the former Smart to Death uh, head honcho and today. Um, and being part of his, his genuine sports collective, uh, it's, it's properly cool. I was blown away when he uh, when he, he asked us to be a part of it. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm so excited. Uh, we're gonna have five rounds on there. We're gonna have a a, a lot of uh, NBA, NFL. I think there's gonna be some kind of betting uh, and uh, odds making uh, mm-hmm. show on there. So yeah, it's gonna be a fun time. If you are genuinely into into actual sports, then yeah, but. Uh, we're going to be hitting the ground running and coming at you with daily content. So it's going to be a fun time. It's going to be a great time, Eggs. I'm really excited for, for this new collective. And obviously, like I said, Radio Techers is primed and ready to go, uh, as always. This is going to be a real fun time. I, I think that uh, this is a, a very, very fitting thing to, to, to be a part of. And, uh, and and we thank Anthony, obviously, for the opportunity that he's granted us here mm-hmm. with this. Um, so, yeah. Uh, Megs, where can the people find you on the internet? Well, you can find me at... <laughs> Radio Techers, obviously. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you could, I'm not going to pretend to be anyone else now because uh, I think I've done that joke into the ground. You can find me <laughs> at DJ Kerber. I have been massively, massively lucky in terms of my podcast. I've got uh, Why We Watch. I've got Badlands. I'm on a, a podcast called Talk at the Table. I'm on this amazing podcast. And, wow. and I've also got Five Rounds, which is uh, also joining the uh, the Shooting the Sports-ish network. So, yeah, uh, be on the lookout for that. Uh, I'll be hitting you from every angle, video, from audio i'll even come to your house and talk to you through your letterbox if you like yeah just uh come and hit me up that sounded weird you may want to edit that bit out (laughs) oh man oh goodness um well uh yeah mags i mean you're a very busy man nowadays that's for sure that that is for sure um as for myself you can find me at foul underscore original on twitter um (laughs) Nailed it! Absolutely nailed it. Uh, No, I'm. uh, You can find me on Twitter at Texas Gentleman underscore. Um, I also do a show, kind of kind of a series of shows, I guess, called Headlock Talk, uh, where we talk about pro wrestling as well as um, a bunch of different uh, other interesting topics. Uh, So you can check uh, more of my content out there. But uh, uh, me and Mags, we are very very happy with what we've done with Radio Techers here so far, and it's only the beginning, Mags. It's it's really kind yeah, of crazy. It's mental. Absolutely mental. I was talking to Mrs. Mags about it and from you having this idea, from me being part of like the 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 pilot to the chemistry that we've had uh, so quickly. Mm. Yeah, it's what an amazing ride from going from it being an idea in, in your head 
to be on two networks is outstanding. <laughs> and it, it's only going to get better, like you said. It's, it's, we've, we're going to hit the ground running and we're going to absolutely smash it out of the park in, straight into top bins. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, well, uh, like I said, I'm the Texas Gentleman Tanner Pruitt, and as always, my co-host, the Magnificent Mags. Uh, you guys take care, have yourselves a great rest of the day, and uh, thank you for tuning in. <laughs>